You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. <laughs> Having a total buddy cop moment. Right? Right. <laughs> I'm, 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 feeling like, I'm feeling like Harry was going to get to a point where he says, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the Blue Team, and we are here to talk about Dresden. Yeah, we are. The, not the place <laughs> in Germany, and 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 not football. Uh, we chatted about football before the episode started, and we I promise, fell asleep. We we lost Megan. She started texting immediately. It was it was kind of fun to watch. Um, this is episode two hundred forty seven of the Legendarium, and I, guys, are you? Did you enjoy this book? I really did. Oh, just a lot. This is a. This is a. This is. A lot of fun. We're going to, we're, before we go any farther, let's do the housekeeping. We'll get the housekeeping out of the way. We'll get Ken launched into our, into our recap because there is a lot to unpack in this particular yeah, book. Yeah, good luck, Ken. Oh yeah. My gosh. I can't, I can't wait to hear how this oh, one comes if, out. If he can he do actually, Oldbringer, he can do this. He actually wrote it down though on this one. So I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I thought I did pretty good for an on the fly recap last time. Yeah. I, I guess, I'm just saying. I guess we should, I should have, I should have started by saying we are the full blue team. We have Megan and Ken here today as well as myself, Todd. Um, and uh, we, we don't have any extra visitors. We don't have any extra guests. We're just kind of being ourselves and kicking back. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you what, this is, this is a, this is a good one. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, as far as a regular housekeeping, you know how to reach us outside of the podcast. Find us on Patreon. Uh, we'd but love to have you. what if they don't know? You say that every time. And I'm like, but what if somebody new is listening today? We, we you are know what? getting You're new right. listeners you're, by the, by the you you're know, right. tens. That, that, so. That's fair. Um, Hi, Luna. Hi, new listeners. Lou listeners. <laughs> Lou listeners. Stop um, talking, Megan. You, you do not want to. That's why you don't want to join Megan's mob. Um, hey, rude. <laughs> Boo. Uh, Megan's mob has sweatpants. Yeah. Well, Mr. Cookies. Tight Pants over there. Mr. Tight Pants. I am Captain really Tight, tight Pants, pants today. <laughs> <laughs> that, we got, we're going to have people wondering what that means. Um, find us on The Legendarium. Uh, the Legendarium podcast is where you can find us uh, on Reddit. Yep. And also on Discord. Discord. Um, and the Twitter. Yep. On the, find us on the Instagram. Twitter. Instagram. People are loving Craig Craig runs our Instagram and people are loving Craig's trivia. Yeah, it's fun. He's fun. Instagram. I actually answered one of those and he said that I was not eligible. Oh, what a jerk. Well, I mean, I really... I'm eligible, but I think that's because I have the best hair on the podcast. Uh, well, you're also eligible. Never mind. We're not going to go there. I'm eligible in all the ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, additionally, if you do find us on Patreon, we would love to have you become a Patreon subscriber, a Patreon donor. Um, donate whatever you feel that, that you can and that is worth that this podcast is worth. Um, if you feel it's worth a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, five hundred dollars, we will take whatever you would like to send our way. But please, just just remember, don't. unless you are independently wealthy, <laughs> don't give us five hundred dollars. Just remember that uh, as you're donating, all of the money that you donate uh, through Patreon goes to help us make better podcasts mm -hmm. and to make this community a better community to engage with. Uh, I'd love to tell you some things that we're thinking about down the road, but I better hold those off just in case we have to try and rearrange calendaring events. We'll, oh, we'll say it have, that way. We'll have some stuff coming up. Yeah, there's but. there's good things coming. Um, we uh, we'd love to uh, we'd love to engage with you outside of the podcast. Uh, most of us try and be on Reddit a little a little bit each week, so 
Uh, we always watch for those kinds of comments and oh, yeah. love to see you there. Yeah. All right. With that said, Ken. All good things. Start. On behalf of the new people, thank you for saying the- all of that. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> Megan. And you're welcome, new people. Talking about Megan being eligible got me thinking, who was more lonely, Megan or Harry? Harry. Oh. Harry. Harry's way more lonely. Okay. We'll uh, deal with... Maybe Maybe that's one thing we have to discuss today. Poor Harry. We Yeah, we, we, we can get into that. But... Ken, recap here, away. Here's, here's what I really... Here's where we really start. So there are a few rules in fantasy literature. One of them, if you write a fully built... 40-foot T-Rex skeleton into a book about necromancy, expect that it will come to life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Raise your hand if you didn't see that coming. Me? Oh, I didn't, didn't see it. You didn't no, see I it? No, oh, I was just along for the ride. I'm like, Are whatever happens, serious? blah, 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 nothing yeah. about this. What? There's a dime. I'm so happy. Yeah, the moment, the moment they said <laughs> necromancy and had a 40-foot T-Rex skeleton Sue. in the book... <laughs> You knew that was coming. Oh, I know. He started talking okay. about the animals. And I was like, so they're not doing animals. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, there's a reason that ma- magic that mucks with the dead is banned by polite wizard society. That reason being that the death magic is ick. Also in the Dresden verse, it is massively OP, which stands for overpowered. Overpowered. Oh. Yeah, I'm overpowered. The, the disciples of badass necromancer Kemmler want to use a Halloween ritual to learn how to control and consume shades, which would be a pretty neat party trick, except it would make that person uncontrollably powerful and to make matters worse uh black court baddie mavra is shocker not dead and also wants the word of kimler which would be especially less than ideal and she's using good old-fashioned blackmail against murphy to get harry to private investigate for incidentally (laughs) that entire last paragraph right there is pretty much exactly as long as the entire mavra murphy storyline right right i'm not bitter about that at all oh don't worry i'm sure it's coming back (sighs) A battle with a real life, a real magical heavyweight, and a visit from his dead father later has Harry realizing the big point of the book. He is being crushed by the weight of collateral damage and the people it's killed, grief of past failures, hellfire-infused moodiness, and the fact that he now has something to lose is overwhelming Harry and leaving him literally, wait for it, deadbeat. Yeah. Oh, wow. Name of, wow. of all the places I would have gone with that one, uh, that's well, not the you one know, I picked. We we have it's okay. Somebody mentioned that on the Reddit. Anyway, uh, (laughs) the extreme scale of the danger leaves Harry with a bunch of difficult decisions to make. He finally calls in the White Council, where he finds that the Fraternal Order of Wardens has been effectively decimated by Red Court bad form. Supernatural rules are being broken left and right. Wardens descending into supernatural Casablanca gives us a reunion with Morgan and a chance to see some really cool wardens and leads to another difficult decision for Harry, although admittedly a pretty cool one, that of taking the gray and becoming Warden Dresden. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Okay, I did not see that one coming. I didn't either. So Dresden the gray. We'll talk more. He's now a wizard cop made necessary by the Red Court using their tactics uh, and royally whipping the wardens on the White Council. That, by the way, officially puts him magically on the deadbeat because he's a warden cop. Yep. He's a magic cop now. So he's on the deadbeat. Uh, that was closer to so the one many, that I would have gone. So many. Yeah. yeah, yeah so many. I like this. that. I like that. But hey, the decision also comes with Harry's favorite benefit yet a steady paycheck. Yeah. I know. And it's just, I'm sorry. Continue. Zombies, White Council uprising, a demonic influence coming home to roost. So many questions about Harry and Lashiel. Harry's gone from hiding a demon coin to consorting with real black magic. And how soon is that? Better question. How and how soon is that going to come back and bite him right in the rump? 
If zombies feed on brains, then Harry should be fine, right? Because how colossally stupid is it to make a deal with Lashiel? I know. Uh, Harry's a warden now. Hands up. Oh, yeah. Everybody who saw that. Everyone who sees that going very, very poorly. Raise your hand. Yeah. That's that's you now. All of us raised our hand. Oh, yeah. White Council infighting. Hopefully you raised your hand, too. So many questions. I got so many questions. White Council infighting. How long until Harry starts renovating and modernizing the council? I that's a. I think he's already. I know. I should have put that, that in a nice little but... moment when Ramirez said, "You know, oh, kinda... all of us younger people think you're great." Yeah. What? Yeah. That's nice. You're our so. hero. Exactly. How disappointing was the wrap up of the Mavra storyline, or you know, the complete not even dealing with it at all? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Let's see. Wizards have a better than average healing factor. That's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. So, how long? I've got so many questions. All the questions. Yeah. There was there was so much to unpack in this book, guys. It really was. Uh, how long did it take you guys to realize that Liver Spots was Snake, uh, snake Man from Death Masks? Ooh, that took me a while. I actually realized that one. took you a while? I, he had to say it in order for me to be like, oh, that's why the snakes. Okay. That's- I as actually, soon as the snakes, as soon as the snake came out, I was like, and that's Yeah. Why. I actually yeah. realized that one pretty quickly. I wish I could say I realized that Sheila was imaginary just as quickly. That one took me a long time. Ugh. So we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll come, come back, back to that, that one. Okay, Harry, this is the last question, I swear. Harry's asked again and refuses again to become Winter Queen Mab's Winter Knight. Nothing from the she comes for free. So how many books before he becomes the Winter Knight? I'm guessing I, two since book nine is, is literally called Can he called be a White Winter Knight and a Warden at the same time? You oh, know, that's I, a good question. I think we've, I, I think that's a really powerful question that has to be answered so and we'll get there i'm sure okay i'm that sure is, that jim is setting that up that is literally all the questions minus the hundreds of others swirling in my head so yeah. that's it for me but remember guys polka will never die polka, polka will never, never die dies. <laughs> that was so funny so Gosh, so much this book is so it's not any longer than any of the other books but it is so thick with stuff well, I have to, I, I, and I, and I want to bring some of our listeners in on, on something that we do. Um, we have a, we have a, uh, our own dedicated chat, uh, that we use on Facebook. No, you're, none of you are going to be invited. Um, <laughs> but we, we go back and forth and, um, Ken threw out, uh, a question at the very beginning of reading. He said, he said, let me know when you're done with chapter one. So mm-hmm. when we were done with chapter one, he says, so what do you think? <laughs> And he's like, and he says, how, how, just, how Henry I, I, and Thomas living together? He said, how, oh, we didn't and, even touch and on I, that. And Harry I think, Thomas. I think my reaction was there, there's nothing that can, in Harry. Harry's life that can be so good that we can't figure out how to have it completely foobarred before the next yeah. book starts. Right. Because yeah. the whole thing, all of the good setups, um, Thomas and, uh, Thomas and, uh, and Harry living together and Tom and, and Harry feeling like he's got a family, mm-hmm. um, the puppy. <laughs> the possibility of a romantic relationship developing with Murphy yeah. and the fact that he's going to have to be concerned about Kincaid mm-hmm. because he now knows what Kincaid or at least has a better feeling of what Kincaid is right. and that he's going to have to be on his guard. And before we even get out of chapter one, all of those have been kind of just wadded up into a ball, thrown into a fire and then gasoline thrown on it. So yeah. it goes right. Although I really, really enjoyed Butters thinking that Thomas and Harry were... Oh, that was Boyfriend. so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> was f- and I liked Thomas playing into it. <laughs> he gets like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny little oh. story. There's so much with Thomas in this too. I mean, all of a sudden he's 
He, <sighs> it's true. Like he's not able to hold down a job because yeah. he's too handsome. Well, and and he's hungry all the all time because time. he cannot really feed. There's just, let's 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 spend a little bit of time. We, let's we spend need a little to, bit of time talking out, about. Yeah, yeah they need bunk beds. Here's here's what I would like to here's what I'd like to start with. Let's talk about some of these characters, but let's talk about them in, from a standpoint of the ones that are least involved, which are going to be Thomas and Murphy. I want to talk about them first okay, and about what we see going on with that. And then let's let's just gradually work our way into the rest of this book and how all of this uh, web winds up being woven around Harry to the point that he really has almost no way out. Yeah. Of the situation that he's put himself in. I want to talk about probably the least regarded but most impressive uh, member of the audiobook, really quick. This just really quick. And that's James Marsters, who's the. Who's My the goodness. Uh, he does a wonderful yeah, job. Yeah, who's the narrator? Man, he earns his pay in this book. I, he does such a great job with the voices. Yeah. I think I would, I would highly recommend if you have not picked up one of the audiobooks. And I, and we're not getting we're not getting a kickback from from Audible at all on this. No, but but I will tell you, um, phenomenal phenomenal performance mm -hmm. by James Marsters. He always does a good job with the books, but in this one, with the different characters that he had to deal with and all of the different kinds of characterizations that he had to work with, he did a really really wonderful job. Well, right, and I'll, all I'll look the, it up for the next one. All yeah, the emotion and the and the weight, especially we I didn't even mention it in the recap when he talks to his father. Well, yeah. I did. We're, I did mention you it did. Did, you did yeah. mention that. We'll we'll but, get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. So. But let's <sighs> let's start with Thomas and let's start with Thomas and Murphy. Um, Thomas, the the Thomas plays kind of the 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 uh, the sidekick role mm -hmm. um, for and and I kind of figured that he would play a little bit of a sidekick role, but he played the he played the quintessential sidekick role. Yeah. Hey, I need this done. Will you go do that and, you know, be smart about it and I'll catch up to you five chapters from now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he keeps getting he keeps getting babysitting duty with with butters. Um he gets babysitting duty with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, you know, there there's there's so many ways that Thomas who's struggling in his own right to figure things out that Harry doesn't seem like he really has a grasp of what this whole family deal is all about. Makes sense. Well, and at the same time, like Harry has not really had somebody that he can rely on in that way. Absolutely. And he knows that he can trust Thomas. And I, I think it's a little, it's probably helpful for both of them where Harry is like, okay, I don't have to do this all on my own. And for Thomas, who can't hold down a job, thank you for giving me something to do. Yeah. Like I right. appreciate that you see me and you are trying to, you know, help me in the way that I'm able right now. Thomas is the, the, as a as a sidekick that can help with all of the magic stuff, yeah. who's better suited to to that role, Murphy or Thomas? Oh, Thomas is. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and so well, it, not only I, mean, I don't know how many years he's got over Harry, but he's the older brother. He's also the older he brother. Um, so. You just can kind of see with the way he takes care of Harry, where he keeps you know. And now I'm going to make you pancakes, and we're making sure that you're eating. <laughs> Happy birthday! You sit down. I'm now going to drug your your tea. That was such a great. That, that was, was a great. A, that was too, a so. wonderful moment. Yeah, but it, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear that he is learning. I we don't really know how old Harry is, but we know that he's young. In youngish. Well, he, he's young. I'm thinking in, he's like about thirty. He's young in the supernatural. He's uh, young in the supernatural. Supernatural world, for sure. Calendar. Yeah. So in, in human years, he's, you know, 
30 some odd. It, Do you notice been, that it's his birthday? We celebrate his birthday in this book and we still don't know how old he is. Oh, right. I noticed right. that. I too. I did yeah. that. And, and realize this is book seven and like five years have passed. So they're basically a year between. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty a close to a year between each, between each book. book. So, but he's, I, so he's really relatively young by the supernatural calendar. So Thomas has got years of experience on him. At least five. And yeah. yet, and, and yet let's be fair. You know, we're looking at this from a, from a standpoint of, of the way the book is, or, or from a being a book and being engaged with the characters. Mm-hmm. But let's be fair. It's Harry's book. Yeah. Yes. Jim Butcher is writing this as uh, about Harry. So it makes sense that we're seeing all of these things from Harry's perspective, that we're seeing Harry slightly, do you notice that Harry is slightly condescending to just about everything, everybody? Yes. He's including Thomas, who knows more about the supernatural or, or about the, the interactions between mortals and non-mortals, not necessarily all of the non-mortals, but, and, and not the wizarding world. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Um, but, but, but the he wizarding certainly, world of Harry Dresden. But that's a park I would visit. Ooh, I would too. That would be terrible. Um, it's called Chicago, right? Um, but, but Thomas has a lot of has a lot of information. Harry really is not taking advantage of it. That's he's true. he's not really working with it very well. He's relegated Thomas to a backup role. He's he's still in the five years since we've gotten to know him. He's still used to being a lone wolf and he really you can is. see that's changing he really is we get how many characters did we get introduced to in this book and then how many more did we get reintroduced to yeah, yeah. well and now but but let's stay with thomas for a second as all of this stuff is going on at first i was saying to myself why isn't thomas stepping up more to try and be more involved and more helpful and do some of those kinds of things right and and I felt like my answer was very clearly given as to why Thomas is not engaging more, and that's at that at the race, when they when they do their run and they have the race at the end, of their run along the oh, North right. Shore, right? And he comes through and he says, "Well, you know what's going on?" He says, "I'm hungry. I'm hungry all the time." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's that like? I'll tell you what. Beat me on the race, and I'll tell you. Yeah. And did you see that one coming? Did, I, you, did you see that piece coming? I saw, I, I didn't see it coming exactly like that. I saw the race being a test or being, being an example, but as, I didn't see how, as soon how as brilliant that was going to be. Jim Butcher, he, because here's the thing from a writing standpoint, how was Jim going to put that across? Mm-hmm. I'm reading that and I'm trying to figure out what is, what is Jim going to be able to do to put that across to all of us to get an idea of what Thomas is dealing with. And his description of how that race ran, uh, and 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 uh, Harry getting to the end and having the water knocked out of his hand, and he says, "That's what it feels like." Yeah, yeah, all the time. I'm just and and I as I as I read it, I or as I listened to it, and I saw it coming, and I and I knew I knew exactly where this was going to go. I was like, "Okay, I get it," because that, yeah. Because I have been, I know you've been in moments like this too, because we've done some races together. Yeah, yeah. And you get to the end of that race, and I'm sorry, I love my wife, but I don't want to talk to my wife until I've gotten something to drink. <laughs> um, and, and you know, I, I related to that moment, and I said to myself, you know, if that was how compromised I was, I can understand why I wouldn't, why Thomas would not be stepping up to the plate more. Yeah. Right. Thomas, so... So we get Thomas and we get him into this role, but it's a perfect role for where he's at. Yeah. I'm wondering how long that's going to last. I'm making a prediction here that I think Thomas is going to wind up 
slaking some of that thirst and he's going to, or uh, some of his hunger. And I think we're going to see in the next couple of books that that's going to become problematic for the both of them. Well, and I was, mm. I was legitimately surprised that, I mean, Thomas is he, having these one night stands with random joggers passing by. And I really <laughs> thought that he was like, you know, biting their finger or something just to be like, and here's something kinky, but also thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I was surprised that, that wasn't happening. And I was, he's taking I was proud just of him, but enough. also just like, ah, taking just, taking uh, just although I did like, yeah, but he's doing what he can for Harry with. I did like the, I did like to mention that, it, that when the Jehovah's Witness missionary came by, she just attacked him. Yeah. I got a kick out of that. I was like, yeah, okay. That's really kind of interesting. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's talk about Murphy really well, quick. Well, and he can't keep a job because of that. That's, yeah. that, that's a part of a problem. And it's always somebody else's fault, not his. Well, man. Yeah, yeah right. So, <laughs> I tell uh, you what, it's it's difficult being that attractive, you guys. Uh, I bet you it is. Would, I bet it is. I bet it is. I wouldn't know. So there's, um, there's going to there's gonna be something come up. I, obviously, it didn't in this book. So I, I think there will be something that... Maybe not as a big storyline, but something that says that, that happens for Thomas that he finds a job that that works for his uh, particular set of skills. He needs to be a model, yeah, something. Um, so let's let's shift gears and talk about Murphy and Kincaid really fast because they get introduced, and we get them. We get Murphy again at the end, and we get an agreement that we're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, right. Are we comfortable with this? Are we seeing that this is gonna be bad? <sighs> There were a couple of people on Reddit, and I don't have it written down as to who it was, but uh, they know who they were, and so they'll be excited we're answering the question. But there were a couple of people that thought that the broken... She comes back with a broken wrist? Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. Um, that that was that was an indicator of something more nefarious. I think it was just... Uh, honestly, I think it was just good, rough Playfulness. fun from two people who like good rough fun now see here's the here's the thing that i have to ask we know kincaid is not necessarily a good guy right right but i don't think he's necessarily a bad guy he's kincaid is is the the ultimate he's the ultimate mercenary yeah he's the ultimate true neutral guy so which means that unless he's getting paid for it he's not going to do anything bad so, so here's my question and I, I, I'm, and I'm sure that somebody's going to turn around and say, "No, Jim Butcher said in the book, blah 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 blah." But I'm sitting here saying to myself, "Who's to say that Mavra didn't have some influence in that direction as well?" Saying, "Get Murphy out of town for a little while." Oh, that's possible. It is entirely possible since he used to work for the Black Court. Bingo. Yeah. And I'm looking at that, and that I'm saying, is a very "This good does point. not feel." As soon as I saw Mavra. Um, as, as soon as you know, Kincaid's taking Murphy and Mavra's showing up. I'm I'm looking at that and I'm going, this is hinky. This doesn't this doesn't jive for me at all. Now maybe sure. I'm maybe I'm looking for things, but it's only because I know that we've got about ten more books or fifteen more books in the series where <laughs> stuff like that can come up. It it yeah. is entirely possible, and I will grant you that because I didn't even think about it. I just I took it at face value as building off of book six where yeah it has been a long time for murphy and probably and, for kincaid and they both had a chemistry and decided hey had, let's, let's well, go have and, ourselves and a little here's fun the thing like yeah. where uh, murphy and harry also had this chemistry yes. and i could see for the two of them that would be really uncomfortable because like oh we're already really good friends and also like our worlds are so different and i don't know if i want to merge that and so kincaid for lack of a better term she's a safe emotional choice because he's not necessarily 
someone that she might see herself with long term. Right. But if she's just going to have fun for a week, he's You're like, saying he's the perfect Nickmo. Pretty much. Pretty there much. You go. Pretty okay. much. She's blowing off. I mean, off the fact that this was um, convenient timing, like, we don't know if he pushed that or what, but it's, I I would be surprised if that ended up being a long-term thing. Just... So, but but I but I will, I am, I, I want to, again, I want to applaud Jim Butcher of finding a way to set it up so that Harry can get to someplace safe, almost safer than his home. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that made sense. I'm watering her plants. That's that how is, I'm going to get past the war, the the threshold. Yep that that was a very so very clever setup. So some some great writing on the path on the part of Jim Butcher. If all it is is just this little uh, innocent kind of thing to get her at, that that he that he and she had, um, great. I'm still I'm still curious about the nefarious nature of it, and right. the possibility. Well, for I, that. but I'm it, very it is so it's so interesting to me that they have all of this going on in Chicago, and the police really aren't involved at all. Like they they didn't have an option to put that in there. Yeah. yeah. So now, really quick, apparently, did you say that you could see Kincaid and Murphy becoming a longer term thing? No. Oh, I, I thought do you... not see that okay. becoming a long term thing. I misunderstood. I would what be I very thought I heard surprised earlier. if that were the case. Yeah, okay. Uh, because I... their worlds are so different. Like they have a similarity in their interests, where they're both very into weapons and fighting right. and those kind of but like it, they they have a fun chemistry there. It ends where the but we don't know enough ends, about though. Kincaid to know if they'd be like a good fit, sure. relationship wise. But she's had two crappy marriages, like. She's not right. really interested in a family and that but kind I, of thing right now. But I really think that I, I really think we've already been given an indication that the two of them would never get along on a long term basis because right. Kincaid is black is so black. Oh, he right. he violates every single one of her codes of morality. And as yeah. a and as and and as we think that she's going to become one of the Knights of the Cross, mm -hmm. um, that she's going to get that samurai sword that he has hanging around in the basement. Did you notice? It's a samurai sword. She's got samurai swords in her house. I did. I mean, I'm that, seeing these why, things fitting yeah. together. Which is which is why I mentioned that uh, the, the end of the last one. I so think. I, I don't nice. remember where I mentioned that. So there. and and I want to come back to that samurai sword thing in just a little bit, but we'll we'll do that. We'll do that in a second. So we've 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 got Thomas and we've got Thomas and Murphy, his his trusty sidekicks, and he switched the role from sidekick from Murphy to Thomas for this book. Mm -hmm. Nicely done. Gives an opportunity for Murphy to have a different kind of a life and be a human being. Mm -hmm. That maybe Harry gets an opportunity to deal with, right? What about Butters? We, we didn't talk about uh, number three on that tier one of of characters, what, though. Kate? Mouse. Oh, Mouse is not a tier one character. Oh, he's definitely he's moved he, up. He's definitely with way his, up with his zombie chomping chops. Oh my He's very goodness. involved in this book. All right, fine, fine. Okay. Uh, it, there, 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 there could be the chapter entitled "Mouse's Ruminations Upon Zombies." <laughs> I mean, I, I. I Mouse and Necromancy, Volume One. Um, I was it, reading this book and I'm like, oh, I, I weirdly, I think like of all the genres, all the monster genre, I think zombies are my favorite. I wrote down, and I can't remember, I can't remember why I wrote it down from the first chapter, but I wrote down, Mouse is a canine knight's radiant. Yeah, he is, and I can't remember what he did that made Canine's me write radiant. that down. He's he is. I mean, he's he's a he's a phenomenal. Um, he he senses danger. He warns of danger. He he fights on behalf of people who cannot fight for themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of those kinds of things. But I enjoyed that moment where Harry realizes that Mouse probably dragged Butters into the closet. Yeah. Right. Because Butters is thinking that he fled, and Harry's like, there is no way that you dragged that dog into that closet. And he looks right. at 
<laughs> now he's like, that's a lot of complex thinking going involved in that. He, there's got to be Which, something. Which again, like I think I mentioned during the last thing that that Mouse's pedigree is going to come into play somewhere because as he a, comes from as a as yeah. a Tibetan temple dog, temple yeah. guard dog. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna guarantee somewhere along the line, this is this is a much bigger deal mm -hmm. than just a puppy. Yes, even just a, a a playful puppy or a protective puppy. Um, I I've, I've known dogs in my life that were that were very devoted to their owners yeah. and very protective of their owners. Um, well, and this one is very much more understanding and aware and sentient than your average friendly I'm getting man's the, best friend. I'm getting the feeling that this is the Dalai Lama of the doggy world. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I I think this is this is a possibility. That would be yeah. interesting. I'm not really a dog, dog person, but yeah, I'm really the, loving the mouse. doggy llama. Yeah, the doggy I think oh, gonna, I think that's where we're going to call Mouse from now on. He's the doggy llama. Oh, I don't know. You um, can call him that. You can call him that. Yeah. That's cool. Let's, let's find out if anybody on Reddit thinks that he should be called the I feel doggy like the llama as well. Radiant, so. The canine's, the canine's radiant. radiant. That's. But now we're mixing worlds. I'm not sure I we can care. do that. All right. All right. <laughs> so all right. Sorry. So let's I didn't talk mean about to derail butters. you with. Let's talk about butters. Butters has a pretty interesting and and butters. Did we really meet Butters before? We just heard about Butters. We met Butters in Deadbeat. Deadbeat. This is Deadbeat. I, I'm sorry. In uh, in uh, Full Moon, I think. Was it Full Moon? I think is where we met. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. But we met him before, and he was just. If we did, he was a side character that walked in, walked out. He was kind just of deal, a simple right? one chapter wonder that yeah was a little bit eccentric, and that was it he answered he answered the question that needed to be answered to, to advance the plot and he was gone again and yeah he, he was, was just a, he was just strange he was a plot device he yeah. wasn't a character in mm -hmm. that first meeting that we had right well, yeah he was he was like so many of the other characters we've seen before that are are here well and you see them you see them in tv shows where you walk in and the coroner answers a question and then they're gone for the rest of the episode yeah you yeah. might not see them for you know several more episodes this season but they're there in the universe somewhere and that was what butters was and now here he is a much, much bigger part of, of Harry's life. And he was in, even between book two and book seven, if, if it was book two, I honestly, I can't remember, but I think it was in full moon. Um, even between those two books, he was a bigger part because Harry's been going to him for, for checkups because mm -hmm. yeah. it's completely off the books and he doesn't have to worry about frying all that medical equipment yeah. and everything. So, I mean, he and butters have had a, uh, There's been a relationship, relationship developing for years. Off, uh, if we if we were seeing this in a film, we would call this off-screen. Yeah, there off -screen was, there's stuff. been there's been plenty of off-screen um, connection. Yeah, so. so it starts with a relationship that they already have. Right. Um, we get dropped into the middle of it, much the same way that we were dropped into the middle of most of Harry's relationships. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, in when 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 Butters first shows up, it's pretty clear that that he's like everybody else that is a normal human being. Seeing this stuff, pooping your pants, and trying <laughs> to get out of the way. Yeah. Right. Um, how did you feel about that when Thomas stops and looks at Harry and says, he's a coward? I I thought, well, A, I thought the exact same thing. I thought he's the kind of guy who's going, he doesn't, he's in over his head and he's going to freeze because he not even necessarily because he is scared, but because he doesn't know what to do. Sure. Because okay. there is nothing in his brain that will process what is happening and he will freeze mm -hmm. up. And as, as Thomas says, that is a 
a coward. That's the definition of well, a coward. So, I, which I don't to, even necessarily. I, I'm not know sure if I agree with that. Yes, I'm not I, sure yeah, if I agree I with that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But but in Thomas's world and in Harry's world, the other the other definition you could use for that is prey. Right. I thought it was interesting because you're right. Like from Thomas's point of view, like Butters does not have any useful skills, and I I was a little miffed by that. Like I was personally offended where I'm like, okay, he does not have the same magic fighting skills that, you know, would be very useful in this situation, but he ends up having a whole lot of skills that are like, he's an excellent researcher. Oh yeah. He patches Harry up throughout the whole thing. Yes. He's the one with the polka suit that is able to, <laughs> that, <laughs> he's that the very, very conveniently is allow is able to control the. Okay. The so I was sad he didn't get to compete in that. Let's let's yeah. Battle bands, though. Yeah. But you know what? Let's be honest. It doesn't matter. He he knows. He knows. Next year it will be his. It will be his because Polka yeah. will never die. Polka By will the way, never die. <laughs> Butter was first introduced in um Grave Peril, which Grave is where Peril. we see the that coins of the right. black and denarius and Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we, we go. get the beheaded and mutilated body and that's that's where that's he shows right, yeah. because that's where he says he, he has to say this is the human but not quite yeah, human. That's where that's why I had to think about it. I thought that so Thomas's comment about Harry where if um if Butters gets injured, Harry is going to blame himself no yes. matter what. Well, we got And so that's how we need, like, you know, Butters is a coward. We'll come and back if, to that. Yeah, that's another you, one that we need to. Yeah, it just. Talk it, about in depth. It was a very astute comment to realize. And it was nice for him to say that out loud to Harry and say, it would not be your fault. You can't save everyone. And also you're doing your best. Right. But that's not going to, that's not, yeah, he's who he is. And that's not going to stop him from blaming himself when somebody else ends up dead because he didn't magically have the ability to, you know, foresee that coming and stop it, which by the way, I, I can, I'll save, I'll save it till we talk about Harry and his, his inner conflict, but, um, so, so butters though, I think butters is delightful. I, I love the way that he grew within the book and learned it like learned how his skills were actually useful and i like the way that harry included him where butter started asking all these questions he's like talk to bob bob can do and it it allowed bob to be a little bit more engaged too right it 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 certainly it certainly put the two um high iq research people mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. um and and gave them somebody gave them both somebody that could appreciate them and that they could appreciate yeah um but i i think one of the things that i really that I really kind of got a kick out of. And I think this is, I, I, I'm hopeful that this is maybe a, a, a hint, a foreshadowing of something that's going to happen, especially in relation to the fact that Harry is now a warden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Harry wasn't doing for Butters what Ebenezer did for Harry oh. to a certain extent. Um, keep in mind that that when we're, you know, we we we've been getting glimpses, we've been getting snatches of information, mm-hmm. and I and I recognize I'm I'm working through these books new, so I'm sure that there are people out there in the Reddit community they're going to say, Todd, you're so far off base, you don't have a freaking clue. Um, but but I'm looking at it from the standpoint saying, you know, this feels very much like an opportunity for Harry to grow enough to be able to come back to that conversation with Ebenezer, and for Ebenezer to be able to say, when you showed up, you were you were afraid. You were dangerous mm-hmm. and, and you were a danger to everybody around you mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the same way that, that Butters was afraid he was dangerous. Um, not for the reasons that 
everybody might have thought he was, but because he was uh, the perfect puppet to have been able to give Gravain everything that he needed mm -hmm. and a danger to everyone around him because of those aspects. Yeah. Right? Um, and that Harry took the time to help Butters figure out how to be useful in this incredibly complex, yeah. very, very dangerous kind of environment. Well, and, and also a way to protect himself. Yeah. Creating the circle and, you know, and, and the, the Butters right. and the oh, Butters how figures clever was out that, by the way, that he figures out how to create his own circle. Yep. And, and that right. he and that he figures out and I and by the way, so I and I have to ask this because it goes along with Butters. Oh. As soon as you heard that it was a string of sixteen numbers, did you guys figure out that it was GPS coordinates? No. No. Really? I no, I thought it was uh I don't math. Honestly, I my my first thought was that it was an ISBN number, like a barcode. Yeah. To like a book or something. See so. and maybe this is because I've done a lot of geocaching. But as soon as I heard that, it, as soon as I saw that it was four, that it was four groups of four digits, I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what that is. That's longitude and latitude. That's a GPS coordinate system." Because my, that's one of the things that we do for fun is we pull up G, we pull up GPS things, we go geocaching, and we find stuff based on their GPS coordinates. Who, who is we? You and your family? Me and my family. Okay. Yeah, me and my kids. In fact, my boys both have those installed on our cell phones, which would be useless to Harry. Um, right. But as, but as soon as he said that, I'm like. Well, it's not a bank account because that's not going to do any good. Right. Because I was thinking the, the credit card thing too, but I thought, no, this is longitude and latitude. That's exactly what that is. Another reason why I like this book series is there are little Easter eggs in there that aren't Easter eggs toward the story necessarily, but are for people that if you have this yeah, if you know hobby, that. if you have this specialization, you're going to catch this. As soon as he you said know. that, I was like, easy. This one's yeah. done. He's got a lot of those okay. that are just... Fun I get both of, of the literary references and pop culture, but I missed that one. So yeah, so we've 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 kind of unpacked Butters a little bit. Um, it's exciting to see him grow, and I think he's going to show up a lot more. I I, so, I think Butters. I think he's going to be with I us for so. the next ten books or whatever. I think Butters is poised. Or some of the next ten books. Whatever. I think boy, Butters is poised to be another of of Team Harry that we're going to see on a regular basis. Yes. Yeah. So there's 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 another one that I wanted that I or another two Ramirez and Lucio. Nope, nope. We'll get to them in a second. We'll How get to them Morgan? in a second. Oh. Uh, we'll I'll, get to him in a second. We'll pile all the ones in together. Mac, Mac, Mac. I wanted Yay. to talk about because Mac is Mac is one that shows up uh, in the middle of this. And uh, what was the bookseller? Um, I'm trying Bach, to remember. Bach, Bach ordered books. Uh, Bach ordered books. Was it Artemis Bach? I can't remember. I, I don't remember, remember his first, first name, name, but I I love the fact that he named his bookstore. Bach ordered books. <laughs> <laughs> um, these these two guys that are obviously people that Harry has a relationship with, um, very clearly, Mort. Mortimer Bach, Mortimer Bach, very clearly, um, have have some investment in the. Uh, again, we have some we have significant off screen stuff going on with these two guys. Uh, we have to in order for Harry to have the kind of relationship with him that he does. Um, I loved the fact that we get enough humanity in both of these guys mm -hmm. that we see a little bit of their character being fleshed out. Mm -hmm. When when Mort looks at him and says, "Look, I, I it's nothing personal, man, but I can't have you. I can't have you here because you're you're busting up my place. I gotta I gotta look out for myself." Right. Right. Um, and for Mac, finally he has 
we words. Get, we get a little bit. More. We get words from Mac. We get, we get actual <laughs> words, and we get we get a bigger indicator that there is much more to him than meets the eye. When he and uh, Lucio, yeah, have that look back and forth, you know, start, do you have anything worth drinking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knowing knowing full do well I? that yes, yes, yes he, he does. does. Yeah. There is there is more. I I said it before. I'm going to say it again. There's way more to Mac. Yeah. Yeah. There's way more to Mac than we are getting. He is not just a bartender. Well, and the fact that, uh, like I, like I said, I, I might have heard it somewhere. I don't know, but the fact that that McLaren's is supernatural Casablanca, you know, that is neutral territory by design. That was. It, it's not just understood. It was like written into the Ancelia Accords and everything. Yeah. That is neutral ground. Yep. You do not go in there and start stuff. So I think we're 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 starting to see. You know, we we've hinted at the fact, or or we've we've suggested that there's been enough hints at the fact that that there is some big time stuff going on around Harry, yeah, and that and that some of these people are probably a lot more involved, uh, a lot more critical than maybe we've been getting a feel. His and, his world is growing quite a bit. This this book. Uh, it, it's it just packed so much in. Know, right? Now, one of the things I, that's happened too is that we keep we we have we have two kinds of baddies that keep getting in, in, introduced. Let's talk real quickly about uh, the necromancer. By the way, Kemmler. So if it, why is it that every every book that deals with with black magic seems to always include Nazis? Is it just me, or does it feel <laughs> okay? Anyway, sorry. Heinrich, Heinrich Nazis Kemmler. got into a lot of stuff. I, I, like it may not have started with them, but Nazis like did a lot of the, supernatural I, stuff, man. You know, I said something about that on the midweek episode about I am so done with Nazis. But right. anyway, I just it, it, I, I maybe I was still feeling a little bit of that with this one, too, because Bob's indication. Oh, World War One, World War Two. You mm -hmm. know, he disappeared at the end of World War Two. I whatever. But we, we get two kinds of baddies in Harry's world. We get the baddies that show up and he beats them. And we get the baddies who show up. And he doesn't even get a shot. Yeah. yeah. By the way, what a freaking creepy entrance when uh, he's at he's at the uh, forensics institute. Not not the don't, not the don't call morgue. It the morgue. Yep, forensics institute. <laughs> and F Phil, I think Phil, Phil the guard. Phil the guard comes in with Our an Phil. ear to ear smile and a drum beat, and you're just like, ah, that's kind of icky. Ah. That was icky. <laughs> um, and that and that and that zombies in this particular incarnation are not the mindless you know yeah. chasing after brains yeah these are the zombies that are far more terrifying these ones are a little they bit of a fast everything moves even when you cut it off they're they're somewhere they're somewhere All in fingers. the middle of the scale between the walking dead and 28 days later yeah so yeah. they they they're not shuffling shambling but they're not the mindless killing destruction machines of 28 days later they're but they're right there in the middle they've got all their facilities yeah and stuff, yeah so. they are they you know they um with the exception of the with the exception of the fact that they are um uh being controlled by somebody else yeah the 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 feeling that i had was the zombies in uh i am legend oh yeah sure. yeah um, that was, that was kind of what, what it, what they felt like to me. That Which was, aren't really zombies. No, they weren't. They weren't really zombies, but they Spoiler were. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen I Am Legend. <laughs> yeah, you can skip it. Certainly, certainly presented in, in that same kind of fashion. If you feel like seeing I Am Legend, go see the Omega Man instead. 
There you go. Um, and anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll let's not get distracted. All right, I just um, fell yeah. Again. But okay, Gravain, Gravain, Cowl, and uh, Kamoni, Kamori, Kamori. Oh, and Corpse Taker. Oh, yeah, Corpse Taker. Let's not and forget her, Corpse Taker. And her ghoul. Okay, What's his name? yeah. Oh. Uh, Lee. Lee Shan. Lee Shan. Lee Shan. And then, then Liver Spots. That's the six. So that we're... now Liver Spots kind of, kind of, he's he's kind of in the middle. They're cause... all, well, they're all teamed up in, in groups of two for their own purposes. You right. Know, and, Although, and... oddly, Kamori is not the drummer. Cal is the conjurer and the drummer. Right. The Necromancer and the drummer. And she's along for the ride, but she's... Who knows why? Somebody a... that he was going to recognize. Uh, apparently, both of them are... It, Cowl's it gone. looks like Cowl's gone. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's now. So Kamori's is now. there still, but both of them apparently were White Council. We don't get anything confirmed by that, but all of the supposition or all we also we also get the lead toward. We also get the indication that they were there in uh, at the Red Court or at the yeah at the Red Court with mm -hmm. Bianca. Mm -hmm. Yes, when Harry starts the war. Yeah, right. So. Something I I this one's this one's gonna be it. And when they said, Oh, somebody gave somebody let them know where we are at. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, it doesn't sound like it's gonna be too hard to figure out who that someone was. We're gonna find out the Kumori. Well, that's just my guess. Um because because we don't have any indication. I don't think we had a clear indication that Kumori was gone. I think we have we have a right. clear indication that Cowell was gone, but I don't remember hearing that Kumori died. Was it whose death curse hit him? Was it Liver Spot's death yeah. curse? It was Liver right? Spot's yes. die alone. Yeah, which we got to talk about that. Die too, alone. But... Oh, I'm going to yeah. get to that one. Uh, I want to get to that one. I definitely want to get to that one. Um, but just so... means he has to keep the dog with him. Um, right. I had I had images of Captain Kirk. I knew I wasn't going to die. You were here. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Star Trek nerd. Um, but there, it's. It's a lot, it's a much bigger thing to unpack than simply these six uh, disciples of Kemmler want to have ultimate power from the word of Kemmler because as the wardens were kind of piecing together, this attack was all too convenient, uh, to conveniently timed with the Red Court's assault on the wardens. And brings me back to the fact that this, all of the things that are going on in this book feel like they have all been orchestrated from yes. behind the scenes. Yeah. Yes. If if the if the battle, if the war between the vampires and the White Council involves all of the courts, I'm still going back to uh to Mavra. Mavra? No. Mavra is on the she's in the black Mavra's court. Mavra's in the black court. She's the she's the black court baddie. And uh Who's that representative Red Court baddie? Because Bianca was toast. Well, it without was, Bianca it was and without Ortega. Without Ortega, it's, uh, who is now was Ortega? Who is now who, gone? Well, right? I, we assume. I mean, we don't see a body, but but uh, oh, Blackstaff nice McCoy that, like, doesn't do anything. A, half measure. Dropping a satellite on top of somebody is pretty tough to avoid. Um, well, Ebenezer doesn't do half measures. That guy's dead. Yeah. What's that? No, no. Oh, so but but again, I'm I, I'm I'm looking at this and it. And and there's a lot of this that feels like it was carefully orchestrated from a lot of different angles. Maybe not, but but certainly at at the very least, 
there are individuals who are looking at all of these things that are happening at the same time and saying there's a way to capitalize on top of all of this and make it work to our favor. And it, and it feels very much like we're going to find out that, that while this is going on, uh, well, and we do find out from the, from the wardens, we, maybe this is the right time to talk about the wardens. Well, I, there's one more thing I want to say about the baddies in this book. Okay. Um, and, and ask if you guys agree with this or not. Okay. Um, the baddies in this book, even including liver spots, feel like they are cannon fodder being thrown at Harry as tests by Mavra to see just how tough he really is going to be. Mm. I don't know about that. I mean, they, Cal especially is so powerful. I'm sure he feels very confident that he could just go up against Harry. I, I oh, yeah. Don't and he necessarily did. buy the idea. Well, that yeah, he I mean, sent there. No, 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 no. I don't mean, I don't mean being sent as in, I want like, you to. Even go. if he's not legitimately sent, like the idea that, like, I don't know. I guess it's true that it, it seems a little bit too much to assume that it's a coincidence that they're all there at the same time. Yeah. I I feel like it's... At the uh, same moment that Mavra is looking for the word. Mavra is... I mean, she's extremely old. She's extremely crafty. It could be that she put all of these things into motion at the exact time in order to... in order to test Harry. I, I could see that as a possibility. It feels like a lot more moving parts than you want on the board, though. You know? Uh, it just feels... it. It just feels to me like... And again, from a if, if we're looking at this from a level one story, my goodness, what a what a great level one yeah. book this was. Lots of lots of action, lots of movement, lots of lots of plots that are happening outside of all of this that get brought inside that make all of this have to ev everything has to work about what's going on in this book at this moment in this time. Mm -hmm. Yes, everything that Harry's been, you know, and, and Jim Butcher does a wonderful job of writing that in all of his books, but this one he's done, he's just expertly crafted this story to have six other stories going on at the same time yep. that all come in. Um, let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, boy, can we, can we pause we for a minute? About? I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. Pause for a minute. Our listeners don't have to pause, though. You guys can still listen, but... All right, welcome back. Um... Welcome back to all of us. So we were we were just about to start talking about the the wardens, and then while we were while we were chatting about chatting, uh, we realized we there are still more. We're gonna we're gonna finish some conversation here, but it sounds like we got a we got a lot more to talk about yeah, in this book. Boy, we there's so, so much. So we're gonna get a we're gonna get a little bit more into this. And if you've been wondering, oh my gosh, you guys have hardly even touched this. You're right. It sounds like we're gonna have a second episode. We're, Let's we're gonna, talk. We're gonna touch on everything <laughs> let's finish one the, way or another let let's let's kind of get to this episode to about to a to a good conclusion point by spending a little bit of time talking about the wardens and yeah. the relationship that that harry is developing the the new kind of relationship that harry is developing with the wardens um did We're, you see this one coming no not at all this is that that was completely uh out of left field for me but i liked it did you, I, I liked well. I, I liked the idea in concept in the sense, but I did, I did pick up on uh, the same thought that Harry had before Harry had it. Is that uh, oh great, all the wardens are coming to town. Wait, why is the head warden answering her own phone? Yeah, yeah. That that I caught that uh, ahead of ahead of Harry. Here's and 
that is awesome that what awesome in in story in story from a storytelling perspective horrible for the white court or for the white council here's another thing make go i'm sorry i was about to say something you were ready to well this is one of those places again where it makes me think this is there's too much coincidence going on they've said there's too much coincidence going on remember mavra at the very beginning says do not contact anybody on the white council yes oh okay why not why shouldn't he contact somebody on the white council if this is really not that big a deal Nobody would have been dispatched. But to say, don't contact anybody on the White Council, it's because Harry's supposed to be completely secluded from everything going on in the war right. and not know what's going on. Oh. I'm saying again, I think Mavra has been orchestrating something. This is a much, this is a part of a much bigger plot. You think she's a much bigger bad? Than... I, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I'm thinking that that in a couple of couple more books, we're gonna, or maybe a dozen books, we're gonna find out that Mavra is one that Harry's going to have to go up against in some in a major, major way. But anyway, we find out that the Wardens are basically down to like... Like a half dozen of them. Newbies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Couple, I mean, a couple guys who were just barely fresh recruited. out of, out of <laughs> yeah. Warden finishing school. and you know. But isn't it cool that these Wardens show up with swords and glocks? Yeah, right. Right? Right. I they, mean, I think that's kind of cool. Well, yeah. And, and they show up, <laughs> they show up with Harry's new agey attitude too yeah yeah so it's like hey old guys this is the way the young guys are doing it i gotta i I, and i gotta tell you (laughs) i was i I, I, with with ramirez and uh harry riding on the back of sue Uh. having a total buddy cop moment right (laughs) right i'm 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 feeling like i'm feeling like harry was gonna get to a point where he says i'm getting too old for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) with this with a lethal moment kind of a moment Right. Um, uh, well, and, and, but he he's got now he's got a friend in the wardens also. Well, and he knows that he's not alone. Like he he's always felt like he's such a lone wolf and he's such a outlier. And oh wait, no, other people kind of act the same way I do, and they admire what I do. And right, emulate it to a point. He's all of a sudden he, where they're questioning. Uh huh. He's got come to realize, and it's not just the wardens. Uh, we didn't talk about Billy and the Alphas. They all look up to Harry. I mean, he's got a whole string of people who he's helped who now think Harry's a pretty good guy and he's the guy to go to when you, when, you know, you're in trouble and no one else can help. And if you can find him, maybe you can hire Harry Dresden, you know, (laughs) type thing. But thank you. (laughs) Meg was like, I don't know where this is going. Like, wait, that. Sounds like something I've heard before. Yep. Oh, I love the hey, A-team. Harry, anyway, Harry is the A-team. I love but, it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Megan gets it. But You're my, welcome. My, so my point is that, that Harry is not alone in this universe. No, and, he's and not. And he's starting to realize it. And I that's why I asked the question of how long before, not, not even if, but how long until Harry and the new breed start to remake the White council so i think that i i I think what we're seeing is that it's already happening yeah it has to well Well, the fact that he's he's kind of got morgan on his side or at least morgan is seeing things differently right learning to trust a little more well and he kind of has to because people have told him he has to right but and, and he's coming to the realization that we need him even though i hate you and i hate the way you do everything i realize that you are not an evil person who's out to destroy us all yeah but isn't that isn't that kind of how old people are with young people taking their place anyway yeah it kind of is (laughs) i mean 
Yes. I, I got to tell you, you know, as the resident old guy in the room, I mean, Ken, you're you're getting close. You got I'm not even that beard, old, you guys. I'm but there. he is not. I'm I'm old. I'm old. I am the old man in the room. Um, in the room. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, but but I but I recognize that in some of the people that are twenty or thirty years down the road from me, mm-hmm. there's 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 some difference of opinion about the way that we need to go about things. Yeah. And when I oh, start yeah. looking at at people that are twenty or thirty years younger than me. There's a difference in opinion about how we need to run things here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in in this case, we're looking at hundreds of years um, for these people and their yeah. and their roles. That's yeah, that's the thing. These wizards do not wizards die wizards at seventy five years old anymore. Wizards age differently of natural causes. Anyway, they plenty of them die at seventy five. I think what and and I think really what we're seeing is that um, Morgan is the Morgan is the last of a well, and and it, the moment that Harry said. I finally understood Morgan. I always thought it was personal, but now I understand he's a cop. Right. He's been doing this so long that he's just become completely jaded by it. And I, yeah. he sees he, in me the epitome of, of all the things that, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how he says it, but basically he's, all, he's the epitome of, of all that is wrong, <laughs> of all of the broken laws, you know, of all just, of the people who don't care. Yeah. And, and so it's a, it's fascinating to watch this, this, uh, awakening that finally is starting to happen between Morgan and Harry, between Harry and the white council. I appreciated though, that Harry, he has this realization and then he says, it doesn't mean I like him more, but now I understand it. Like we don't have to like each other necessarily to understand and to work together. Correct. Correct. Because Harry is seeing that it's not personal. So Harry not making it personal. Let's... Can we just stay on this final sequence for a little bit? Sure. Because I mean, uh, we didn't we didn't even talk about um, what's her name, Corpse Taker, switching uh, Lucio into Lucio's body into a younger body. Yeah, she she swapped bodies with her and put her into a younger body. So now, I don't know how long Lucio's been on the uh, the Warden's Council, but now she's you know kind of got herself a renewed, possibly you know, a new lease on life, but also possibly lost um much of what she had remember we yeah. we learn that lucio is going to be out of commission for a while for right. some rehabilitation for an indefinite period of time so yeah so morgan's taking over what that's what that <laughs> says to me is that perhaps there was more damage done when course taker corpse taker switches bodies than simply switching consciousness from one body to another Maybe well, there's some psychic trauma. Maybe, maybe there's some other kinds of trauma that have to be dealt with. When they talk about how magic is, um, it's, a, it's about like life forces. And yeah. I think about like the spirit and the body, especially for wizards, they would definitely have to be able to work one in the same. And so to have her spirit put into a different body, it would take time to get used to that. And like, yes, wizards heal, um, eventually and they heal a lot faster. So she could heal and she could get used to that. But it's possible that like, I don't know if it's possible that she, the, that body could reject the spirit, but it's just, I don't know. I'm there's, there's something more. They have not said anything about that, but I yeah. just, I'm thinking that that could be it. Cause you know, Bob's the spirit and he's, you know, he, right. and his personality changes based on the skull that he's inhabiting or whoever his, who's ever holding the skull. Holding whoever possesses the skull. it. Right. Um, it could be a similar thing with uh, Lucio in this other woman's body. So I think, uh, Megan, I think you've hit on something. I think that I think that there's something about the way that a wizard grows in power mm-hmm. connected to the body mm-hmm. 
that they're in, that it's not just, it's, it's, it's not just the intellect. There's, there's something bigger going on. Well, yeah. And, and so I think we're, I think when we, when we, as we find this going on, but again, for me, I keep pulling it back to this feeling that, that Mavra knew Mavra, Mavra had all of these pieces. She, it feels like she knew all of these things were going on at the same time. And yes, they were going to converge here, but the longer she kept Harry in the dark, the less prepared he was going to be for what's went for what happened sure, and for any kind of a role to take to defeat it. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to continue to unroll. We're, I, we've really got, we've got a lot more in this book that we need to unpack. We do, but I, I want to talk about one more thing before we, uh, before we wrap it up. Okay. Last thing. Sue. All right. We let's talk haven't about the talked dinosaur. about Sue at all. It just all. makes me sad. I went to Chicago this spring and I didn't get to the Field Museum and it just makes me so sad that I didn't get to go there and see, because I just, I'm surprised I want to have a better visual. I'm surprised you didn't think of that, that you didn't that you didn't put two and two together that they were going to be running around on on a necromantic necromantic zombie T Rex. I got a really good kick out of out of Harry's description of the fact that um, it's it's one part about the the mysticness uh, of of who was gone, but also about how old they were, and that yeah. and that Sue. Being 65, 65 million years old was really powerful. Right. right. So when you when when he reanimates her uh and and gets her going, um, it's a really and and to listen to him that's the, you, that's the, and, the, and there's some wonderful humor thrown in here when he says, Yeah, he tried to protect himself. Are you kidding? Didn't he remember the lawyer from Jurassic That's Park? That's exactly right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, he just oh put his hand over his head? That's not going to work. <laughs> just, just so many great visuals of him riding in on this T-Rex. It, it, it's almost like those uh, those those parody shirts you see with, with um, Ronald Reagan riding a Velociraptor holding an M16 in one hand <laughs> and the American flag in the other. <laughs> I've never seen a shirt like that. Oh, well, I've got I am missing pictures. out. We need, we need got, to find you one. I've got we pictures. We need to find you one. Um, I've got pictures. But, the, but it, it's just the visuals of it. And I, without without meaning it to sound derogatory, the absurdity. Yeah. It's just of this 40-foot reanimated t-rex mowing down zombies <laughs> well and and the fact right like zombies in and of itself is silly and then you throw in a t-rex and they're riding it on saddles and just... but but not only that not only that but the zombies are not afraid of the t-rex zombie right. that's the piece that start that, that i'm looking at this and i'm going are you nuts i mean <laughs> now i want a t-shirt of of a uh, butters wearing his polka suit well yeah and then on, on the, the back on of the, the zombie, of the, and of then a, the visual of the T-Rex, of, of, and it yeah. says Polka will never die. Yeah, the the visual of Polka's of uh, Polka butters, you know, keeping the keeping suit. the beat, keeping the rhythm <laughs> to keep the, this T Rex going. The the, oh, so the fascinating thing for me about that was that, um, you know, because because for one of the things that Harry says about necromancy is that as long as there's a as long as there's a beat going, whoever has the beat controls the brain. Right, right, and then he realizes. That uh, and 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 let's be fair. According to according to uh, natural historians, they say that the the brain of a T Rex was about the size of a walnut. Right. Mm -hmm. So Harry trying to infuse Will to get Sue to do whatever he wants 
when Sue starts getting kind of out of control with bloodlust, did you did you catch the moment where he said, so I didn't try to stop her. Yeah. I just pointed her in a direction and said, <laughs> right. go stomp on stuff. Exactly. That's not exactly what he said in the book, but, but that well, was Well, then deal. to have Bob inha inhabit Sue and just be like, <laughs> oh, I was yeah, going to okay. go for the biggest one. Now, Size does matter. Now that I did not catch. I did not, I did not see that, that one fantastic. coming. But when... When that happened, I was like, okay, that's awesome. Bob, that's I awesome. give you permission. so hard. <laughs> there's, there's. The oh my one, gosh. And if, and if there's something that I really love about the way that Jim Butcher writes, it's that he finds ways to insert plenty of humor throughout the book. Did you notice how many times he said, well, I guess you didn't get to be the Merlin by collecting yeah. bottle caps. Yep. And then somebody, and then, <laughs> and then, and then Ramirez says, well, you don't get to become the Merlin by collecting bottle yep, caps. And then exactly. And then he's watching Lucio. I guess you don't get to become the captain of the Wardens by catching bottle caps either. <laughs> <laughs> a nice, a nice running gag. And he did it in threes. I was very proud of him. It yep. worked really well. I love the law of threes in comedy. Yeah. It's, it's quite delightful. By the way, did you guys know that Sue the T-Rex is on Twitter? No. no. She is. What does she talk about? She says rawr. Random things. Uh, <laughs> she talks to uh, she talks to the the museum curators, the uh, the T Rex handlers and stuff. She talks about her surroundings. I love it. So All right. it's just it's at Sue the T Rex. That's her. That's her uh, uh, Twitter handle. Did she say anything about being you know reconstructed after the zombie fight? She's just not said anything about that. She right? has not said okay, anything well, about that. <laughs> I mean, I realized that yeah. you know actually happened several years ago, but you know we're catching up. We're catching up. But it's she, cool the way he describes you know what she looked like and what her skin was like, and you know she's mostly gray, but she has this black pattern down her back. And yeah, yeah there's some really there's some really nice details. Jim Jim Butcher does a wonderful job. By the way, um, I also have to say. That it's that his descriptions of Chicago are getting more and more detailed. Yes. Did you know? I don't know if you noticed it this time around. Um, I was actually in the car with my son. He was listening to the he was listening to the book with me while we were driving someplace, and it comes up and it says, "Yeah." And there was there was a problem over on Wacker, and I looked at my son. I've I've been on Wacker. I know where that is. I know where Wacker is. I know where Lakeshore Drive is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just it's God. just it's one of those deals where you just say to yourself, "That's that's fun. I know those things." Anyway, I. I know, oh. I know about Wacker. We, Excuse me, Todd. How familiar are you with Wacker? Wacker Drive. I have been on <laughs> so many times; it's not even funny, and it is not a good place. I know what you're trying to go, and you're a bad human being. You've already tried <laughs> to put me in bad places once this week already. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, that's what she said. Yeah, so many passages. There, we go. Says, there we go. There we go. Okay. Blah blah this blah blah blah. You know what? This episode has certainly taken a turn. Yeah, before it gets any worse, we probably ought to say, you know what? We do need another episode. So when we come back, uh, it'll probably be, I guess, Red Team's going to go next week. We'll get another shot at this one. Does Red Team do, uh, do back yep, to- Red uh, Team's Red Team's coming up next week. Color book, whatever. What's it? Lightbringer. That's what it's called. So we're going to- Color book. We're going to come back to this one. And I think when we do, I think the things that we need to start, we need to be ready to talk about. And maybe we can ask our 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 listeners to you know hit us up on Reddit and give us some questions that you'd like us to talk about in conjunction with this book. Oh, I was kind of hoping we could just record the second episode right now. But some things that we need to some things that we need to take a look at. I would love to, but uh, somebody has to get some beauty sleep before tomorrow. Oh, that's right. You have to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, as beautiful as I can get. So, um, so but uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, well, well, there there's still there's still plenty we haven't touched on I and mean, we haven't touched on Bob because I want it. We need, to talk about, get we need to talk your about your reaction to Bob Todd. Because, we need to talk oh about my Bob. Gosh, we haven't talked about last year enough. We haven't Bob. talked about uh, 
we'll, we, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll let you know are, when we record the next episode. And there are and there are lots of. I think there's some really interesting level two stuff going on mm-hmm. that we can talk about in this book. Um, it's it's a little more subtle, but I but I think there's some really interesting level two things to to be able to address. Uh, okay. We've kind of touched on a little bit of them, but I, I want to come back. But but definitely definitely some heavy level three pieces that are worth coming back and discussing. Um, there's some themes that Jim is touching on, mm-hmm. and that he that he has woven through these books all the way along that originally they were kind of like glimpses, but now they're becoming, I think at least bona fide themes. And I, I really would like to talk about those too. So, I think so. when we come back, we'll maybe have some things to talk about. So. Okay. Uh, Until before then. we wrap up, I just want to say I, I was wrong. Fox first name is not Mort. That is a whole other character. So if any of you are like, Megan, you are so dumb, you are correct. But also I'm aware that I was wrong on that one. We should talk about Mortimer Lindquist when we come back too. you know, maybe we will. Of and course, Artemis Bach. Every time I think about Mortimer Lindquist, I think out here we have a Lindquist mortuaries. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. New information. So, anyway, you guys are speechless, so I'm just going to say thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> You know, there's a reason we have Todd do that on every episode. <laughs> that was, uh, I want to call it a valiant effort, Ken, but... That was, a, that was an audible. That was, that was a... Uh... That was a flea flicker is what that was. That was one of those, good lord, the ball is in my hands, I gotta run with it.